nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Thank you so much for coming back and uh, joining our program again today and for bringing your friends and coworkers. Um, so many people keep adding on. It's been just a, a wonderful, wonderful experience. Today's episode is um, called Parenting Under World and National Stress, and I think every one of the listeners today should be able to relate to this. Around the world in the era of COVID-19, nearly all eyes are focused on the front line, which is needed and expected. However, another important and greatly stretched area of this pandemic is behind the scenes, with parents of all backgrounds and situations who are struggling to know what is the best course in their parenting and how to deal with issues of homeschooling, age-appropriate socialization needs, time for parents to work productively from home, self-time for parents and for children, and so much more we probably can't even get to here. I am thrilled to have with me today Rachel Duffy, Certified Conscious Parenting and Leadership Coach who consults with entrepreneur parents dealing with stressed, unmotivated work teams and kids uh, to shift into a self-drive engagement and success without relying on control, discipline or hierarchy. I love that especially since control, discipline, and hierarchy is about winning the battle and losing the war. So, uh, Rachel Duffy, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Leanne. I'm so excited and thrilled to be here. Good, good. So, let's start. I always start with um, people telling a little bit about your career background and then how you got into doing what you're doing now. So like you said, um, today I'm a parenting and leadership coach, but that's not how I started. I was actually a family lawyer. Uh, I was always drawn to understanding relationships and especially within the family and helping families and children through that uh, transition, which oftentimes can be very difficult. And as a family lawyer, what I observed was the way our own upbringing affects us and affect our parenting and the way we conduct ourselves in the business world. You see, we inherit certain behavioral patterns. We're raised within certain Mm -hmm. cultural norms and conditionings. And then we develop belief systems and we develop, we internalize these beliefs and they can really block us from parenting through conflict or from reaching our goals in business. Mm-hmm. And I got a very close-up personal view of this when I myself became a parent to three children, mm-hmm. and I saw how I was getting in my own way of parenting. Mm-hmm. So I shifted my focus, and I did a real deep dive learning about conscious parenting and doing a lot of self-development and inner work. And now I work with parents and leaders, and I help them discover and then reprogram and unlearn their own limiting beliefs, their own behavioral patterns and conditionings that are preventing them 
from parenting with less stress and conflict or from creating the relationships in their business that will increase their performance. Isn't it so interesting that even though you studied it, you were working with other people, when it's you, it's different. I always think that's oh, it's sort 100%. of like we have our nose plastered on the mirror and we can't figure out why we can't see the whole picture. Right. And it's so hard to see your own blind spots. And I exactly. myself, even though I'm a coach, I also have coaches who mm-hmm. help me and point out my blind spots to me. So it's a constant journey, right? There Mm -hmm. is no end point that you reach. You're constantly developing and evolving as a human. It's always good to hear other people say that because we all feel like, oh, is it just me? Um, Let's go into the parenting under COVID. I mean, this is really, uh, you think about having a baby. I'm I'm an obener, so people would always say, where's the manual? Um, So Mm -hmm. there's no manual here either, and we're just kind of, figuring it out as we go. So talk about uh, what it's like and what you've learned from yourself or from other people uh, about parenting while dealing with this COVID monster. It's so funny you mentioned that there's no manual because I think every parent can relate to that statement. When you come home from the hospital and you have a baby and you're, oh my goodness, what do I do with this? Mm -hmm. And this is a very similar situation you know, I know we have listeners from all over the world, and but in general, in the past six or seven months, everybody globally has been mm-hmm. exposed to this virus and has been in some form of lockdown. Mm-hmm. And um, we've really been, we, there is no manual about how to deal with this either. This is the first time in, uh, at least in recent history, and we have nothing to draw from. So we've had to really face the unpredictability of life, and we've had to face the lack of control and how our lives have been changing moment by moment, right? And so exactly. this virus has, has really offered us globally, has offered all of us, whether we're parents or not, um, some major life lessons, and it's really forced us to become more present because we can't plan more than a couple steps ahead or, or maybe even any steps ahead. Things mm-hmm. have changed and continue to change moment by moment. So all of our planning and predicting and preparing, it's all become irrelevant. Exactly. So I think that's one thing that we've kind of all been a little bit uncomfortable about uh, because it, it triggers our lack of control. We want predictability. We want control. We want to know where we're going. We want, we want to have that sense. Mm-hmm. And this pandemic is an invitation to all of us, first of all, to, to change that, to understand that we have no control, and at the same time, to try not to apply the same standards of, quote-unquote, achievement that we had before. Right. And just take it day by day. Right. This mm-hmm. is an opportunity for us to redefine what is success and how, what is our new normal. Mm-hmm. And actually, it seems like success. Uh, I always think of the the saying that life is what happens while you're making other plans, and the reality is that happens to everybody in every life in every country, um, and sometimes it happens worldwide. 
Um, but the reality is success truly is being able to adapt to whatever presents in any uh, given situation. I think about, you know, all the wonderful plans people had made for weddings and, you know, proms mm-hmm. and, and all of the different things that people had looked forward to maybe for a lifetime. And suddenly mm-hmm. they're gone. And to be able to readapt and readjust, and that's what, to me, um, uh, suggests success. Right. And also to remember that this level of unpredictability was always there. Mm -hmm. I think nurses and healthcare professionals, more than anyone, understand how life can change in the blink of an eye. They see this every day with their patients, how their patients' lives changed from one, you know, for 180 degrees in in a second. Mm -hmm. So it's always been like this. It's just that we were able to cocoon ourselves. Many of us Mm -hmm. were able to cocoon ourselves from it. But now it's been exposed. Mm -hmm. And all the things that we normally do, all the planning all the uh, the ways in which we keep ourselves busy all day, all of that has been stripped away. And right. we're kind of left with these feelings and and this these circumstances that we can't control, and we have to become comfortable in that. Um, I like I like it that you brought up the healthcare aspect of it, <clears throat> and I would think that the parenting with COVID has to be even more intense with not just uh, healthcare but any of the frontline people, any of the essential people. Talk a little bit about what that looks like um, in that kind of a situation. So all of us are experiencing it, but some at more stressful levels. Right. And, you know, I know you and I spoke about this, but for our listeners, my husband is an ER physician. And so we are also a frontline family, and we've been been experiencing this on a daily basis as well. Uh, I think the the added stress of knowing that one or sometimes both parents are kind of, it, it feels like going into the fire, Mm-hmm. every day, and wondering, I know my husband has walked into work oftentimes wondering, is today going to be the day mm-hmm. that I get it, that I get exposed, that I bring it home to my family? And so managing that stress on top of having to possibly work, some people are working at home and homeschooling, which is a huge challenge in, in terms of resources and time and dealing with children who are also um, de- also having to somehow express the stress uh, of this situation. You know, their lives have also been turned upside mm-hmm. down, and so we have to have some compassion for them. They are also witnessing how out of control everything is right now, and they're also responding to our stress. Right. So if we as parents are feeling very uh, dysregulated, uh, the children are mirroring our energy that we mm-hmm. that we are that we come with. So if we come home from our job at the hospital or or the clinic, 
and we're, uh, you know, overrun with worry and stress and anxiety, our children pick up on it, mm-hmm. and they mirror it back to us in, in, in the form of their own tantrums or their own anxieties. So mm-hmm. that makes it difficult on yet another level of how do we stay present for ourselves? How do we stay present for our children? Are there tools that we could use to cultivate an awareness of this, to, to take our, uh, to, to pause and take our power back for a minute, regain uh, our grounding, refocus, recenter? That's an excellent um, question. Is there an answer to those things? Because that's what we're all waiting on bated breath <laughs> to know. <laughs> well, I, I think two things. First of all, there is no magic wand that I can wave right now and tell you, here's mm-hmm. how you're going to fix everything. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I d- personally, my, my go-to is I, I've cultivated a practice of meditation and it's not required to, you know, devote, I can already hear people saying, well, I don't have an hour a day or 30 minutes mm-hmm. a day or 20 minutes. That's, I don't either. I don't either. And that's not what I do either. I micro meditate. I grab a minute here or a minute there whenever I have it. And it adds up. Those minutes mm-hmm. in the day add up. And really the point of that is just to pause for a second, to stop that wheel that's spinning so Mm -hmm. fast in our minds Mm -hmm. and, you know, that's uh, making us react as opposed to respond. So all we need to do really is pause for a minute, take a breath, reground, recenter, refocus, and walk in to any situation, even when our kids, even in the midst of my children having a three-way meltdown. (laughs) <laughs> which, which has happened, mm-hmm. and it will happen. But I take a moment, and I pause, and I try to really see what is it that they need in this moment. I try mm-hmm. to attune. What is it that they are trying to communicate to me with these meltdowns? Because they're not trying to annoy me or disrespect me or, or do anything, really. Mm-hmm. They're just not knowing how to express their own stress and anxiety of living under these very bizarre conditions where they haven't seen their friends in months, where they're mm-hmm. wearing a mask every time they have to leave the house, where they're, you know, not going to, not going to camp this summer, mm-hmm. don't know if they're going to school in the fall. I mean, these are major life changes for very young people whose brains are not yet developed, if we're mm-hmm. having a hard time with it, imagine what it is for a young child who's just not fully developed to handle these major changes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, I think essentially children want security and they usually look to their parents or the adults around them to provide that. And if the parents can't, it's like, this is not good. <laughs> and uh, it just right. makes you feel even more kind of hanging out on a limb somewhere. So I know you have talked about perspective, and and that's a word that I love a lot. I uh, When I was teaching nursing, I used it a lot. And um, 
I hear some of those students come back and say they still use that. So talk a little bit mm-hmm. about what what is it about perspective that makes it something we can utilize? Well, I think, you know, part of what challenges us <clears throat> as parents is that we think we have to get it perfectly. Mm-hmm. We have to get it right. And we hold ourselves to a very unrealistic standard and unrealistic expectation of how things should be. And I say should in quotes. Because there is no should. Mm-hmm. And so many of us, for example, many of us parents right now um, see that our children are on screens more than we mm-hmm. would normally allow or more than we feel comfortable with. And oftentimes mm-hmm. we are the ones who are putting them on their screens <laughs> because we need some quiet time to do some work or um, we're, we're using the screens as a, uh, as, a, as a way to get some space from them. And then we feel guilty about giving mm-hmm. them a screen. And so part of having perspective is being a li- having a little bit more compassion for ourselves, lowering our standards a little bit during this time. This is not a normal time. This is not something we've, uh, we've been preparing for. It just sort of landed upon us, and we're adapting. We're learning to adapt day by day, so we have to be kind with ourselves as we learn how to handle this and as we learn how to manage ourselves and our children. Um, and then another part of it um, in terms of, of perspective is, is also, I think, checking in with ourselves. Are we taking care of ourselves in the midst of taking care of everyone else? Mm-hmm. Certainly for nurses and health care professionals, this is an especially big kind of uh, issue because we're so wired in that way and we give all of our energy at work and mm-hmm. then at home to other people. Right. And so back to our the point we made a couple minutes ago about um, pausing, can we pause for a minute and reevaluate where we're giving our energy and where we need to say no? And I know this is a a whole topic onto itself that we could Mm -hmm. talk about in terms of self-care, and maybe we'll get to it in a little bit, but this is part of as, as we evaluate our perspective, which means we're taking a step back for a minute and pausing and, and really evaluating what is it that we're doing and where can we change our mindsets and ourselves in order to decrease our own anxiety and our own stress. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It, it makes perfect sense. Uh, sense. <clears throat> I was thinking of with perspective, it's sort of... Uh, in some ways, I think of it, you know, we go to a really scary movie and we're really um, getting intensely into it and, and worrying about this or that. But ultimately, we 
pretty much know it's going to come out okay. Everybody's going to come out okay. So it's just that kind mm-hmm. of tension in between. Um, but it's sort of like, uh, and, and even as we watch the, the people in the show going through various different things, we're, we're yelling at them, no, don't go that way. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because we have a perspective that they don't have. So there's a certain yeah. element of comfort, even though we're sort of scaring ourselves by watching this movie, we also have the, the uh, relative um, privilege of being able to realize it's all going to work out okay. But when we're in it, when we're in this, um, yeah. and, and we're actually creating history right now, for those of us who yeah. are history buffs, we're creating mm-hmm. history, and there's no um, knowing what's going to happen at the end of it. It's going to happen the way we make it happen. And so what we're looking at, if we're looking at the worst aspect of this, we're probably going to react out of fear, um, maybe Mm -hmm. anger, frustration, um, Mm -hmm. you know, feeling out of control. Uh, If we look at it from the aspect of, okay, I'm the hero right now or the shiro. And what I, the decisions I make right now, the choices I do, the actions I take is going to determine how this all comes out. You've just taken back control. Right. And I love what you said about, as you were speaking about watching that horror movie, that we're, you know, telling the main character, no, don't do this, don't go there. But somewhere in the back of our minds, we know it's going to turn out okay because we have what we have to tap into in order to translate that back into our real lives is trust. Mm-hmm. We have to put some focus on trust, trust ourselves. And part of that is related to our discomfort or our level of comfort or discomfort, as the case may be, with these feelings of uncertainty these Mm -hmm. feelings of lack of control. And if we can, and these feelings of pain, because many of us know people who are, um, who have become sick with COVID, people who have died of COVID. So Mm -hmm. there, there is genuine pain that we're going through. And how do we, how do we sit with those Mm -hmm. really uncomfortable and sometimes difficult feelings? Can we trust ourselves that we can handle that because the, the trust that we put in ourselves also automatically gets translated into the trust that we put into our children. And, and that they put into us. Children, yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's a self, it's a feeding cycle, right? Mm-hmm. So can I look at, you know, I, I know that our, the listeners we have, the, the ones who are parents there, there's children of all kinds of ages. So this is, mm-hmm. You know, this looks a little bit differently if you have a young child versus a teenager versus a grown-up child. But still, can we trust our children to handle this difficulty along with us? And can we just sit in this discomfort that we're all feeling right now at various degrees? Rachel, can you give an example of that, um, especially for like small child maybe middle school, yeah. um, high school, or college? Sure. So, you know, when um, I, I can give you an example from my own life, my, I have uh, eight-year-old twins and a seven-year-old daughter, and remote learning was very difficult for them 
uh, I think in general, young elementary children are, it's just not the ideal environment for them to learn. And one of my children in particular was getting very anxious about it, very anxious about falling behind, very anxious about how to deal with these feelings, what, what to do with them, how to get them, how to stop that feeling of anxiety, stop the stress, stop the pain. Mm -hmm. And I really had to work with him on explicitly telling him, you know, it's okay to have these feelings. It's Mm -hmm. understandable. It's only natural. Your entire world has turned upside down and you're feeling some anxiety around it. But it's okay. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to do anything about it. Just feel it for right now. Mm -hmm. And, And I trust that you are strong enough to get through it. And together we'll get through it. And mm-hmm. we, of course, outside of the moment when the feelings have subsided, of course, we can talk about various strategies or things we could change. But in the moment of the feeling, instead of rushing to numb the pain and take it away from my child, which is, of course, our first instinct, because it's so hard to, to witness our children going through pain or mm-hmm. to witness our children having anxiety. Our instinct as a parent is, let me take this away from you. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing that, can we lean in and be and trust? Trust that our children are not going to collapse. They're not going to completely fall apart. This is how we teach them resilience. This is how we teach them to get through difficult things. Later on, fast forward some years from now, they will look back and be able to say, you know, that was a really difficult time, but I did get through it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I've been able to use that on every other situation that I felt out of control with. So it's like a tool. You were talking before about tools. Um, you know, do we have yeah. tools? And I think you're right. And maybe I don't know if it's maybe it's every generation, every every lifetime, mm-hmm. you don't want your children to have to experience difficulties. But we know right. somewhere in our heart that that is really what gives us a backbone, gives us strength, gives us courage right. and confidence in our own self and in, in them, for them to have confidence in themselves, that they have to right. go through those. That's, that's all part of the growing. Right. And, you know, the, it's, it's an inevitable part inevitable part of life. Mm -hmm. But if we spend our life trying to just numb our own pain and numb our children's pain, we're not teaching them anything, really. We're not teaching them the tools and the skills that we want them to have in order to become happy and successful adults and thriving adults. Right. Contributing adults also. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so this goes back to we have to trust ourselves and our children that they can do it. And so it's it's not to say that we don't sometimes need support, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, can we tolerate that level of discomfort and that level of pain? Right. I think also choosing that, you know, support is very important. 
because sometimes um, people want to give us uh, support that maybe is not particularly helpful. And so Mm -hmm. you almost have to really make a conscious choice of who am I going to reach out to and who is the person I can best trust also and best listen to. And sometimes you just have to, you know, listen to the other people and think, okay, you know, good thought, but I think I'm going to pass on that one. So um, we're right at the point of being able to take a break. So this is probably a good place to take it. So mm-hmm. we we this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, and we are talking about parenting under world and national stress. My guest is Rachel Duffy. She's a certified conscious parenting and leadership coach who lives in San Francisco. And um, we've just had some wonderful uh, dialogue here about various aspects of the realities that we're facing and what we can do to um, improve the outcome for us. So uh, we will be back in just a couple of minutes. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. Womeninhealthcare.org, a national nonprofit, is our newest partner at Once a Nurse. It is among the most rapidly growing professional development groups for women in healthcare today. Through healthcare education, professional development, mentorship, community, and a focus on self, the organization empowers women with the tools needed to advance their careers. They use initiatives to break down barriers within organizations and equip women with the tools needed to open a powerful force for gender parity. 80% of the healthcare workforce is female, with nurses a massive majority of that percentage. But less than 20% of leadership is female. Join womeninhealthcare.org as they help all women of all ages and all levels rise up. Use code HEALTHPROS to receive $50 off the annual membership fee and receive discounted pricing for events, free resources, webinars, and a substantial discount for our annual leadership summit on October 22, 2020. Womeninhealthcare.org to be where you want to be in the world of healthcare. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us again. Um, As I said, the title of this uh, episode is Parenting Under World and National Stress, and my guest today is Rachel Duffy, who is a certified conscious parenting and leadership coach, 
And we have just been talking about a lot of different things. But the the last thing we were talking about is um, we all need help. And some of us think we can't ask for help because that shows that we are weak or we don't know everything. And, And the reality is nobody knows everything. So when we're reaching out for help, I think it's really important that we be conscious about the help we're reaching for. Uh, Rachel, could you address that at all? Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad we brought this up because oftentimes when we do seek help, we tend to go either get a parenting book or look online for some advice. And really what we're looking for is a quick fix. Mm-hmm. We're looking for some Band-Aid to put over a strategy, give me a tool, give me something I can say to my kid, Mm -hmm. some kind of external quick fix because we're uncomfortable with whatever situation is going on with our children and we want to help and we want to help fast. But really, all of those strategies are short-term and they they Mm -hmm. do deliver results, many of them do, but they don't deliver long-term results. And so we end up just putting out one fire after another. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit like uh, when you, if you envision an iceberg, you know, there's the, the very tip of the iceberg that's above water. That's what all those parenting strategies and quick fixes deal with, mm-hmm. just what we can see on surface. But the reality is that if we want to create meaningful, lifelong, lasting change, we need to have the courage to look under the water and address the iceberg that's under the water. And that requires work, and it requires commitment, and it requires some courage. Mm-hmm. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, are we willing to do that? Right. And it requires time. And the irony with this, uh, you know, whatever we want to say about COVID and all of the difficulties that are going on right now, we have time. You know, we're not commuting yeah. to far away place and getting yeah. back again. We're, um, yeah. you know, making food at home. We're not running to a restaurant. We're um, in many ways have more time with our own families than probably we've ever had before. Um, I've heard so many people tell me that uh, dysfunctions that had been going on in their family that they didn't feel adequate to be able to deal with um, or maybe thought they were not there, like you said, with the um, iceberg. Mm-hmm. Um, they were only looking at the top 10%, which looked okay. And so unless some yeah. major you know, uh, explosion would happen, they would think, oh, we're fine. Um, but it's in times like this when everybody is feeling like they're not themselves and uh, not feeling like they're on a solid ground, that that dysfunction is going to best show itself. And um, that's what ends up happening. Oh, 100%, because just as you said, now that we're at home and we have time, now we can't do all the things we were doing before to distract ourselves from (laughs) this giant iceberg that's underwater, Mm -hmm. right? We had all these places to go, we had meetings to attend, we had people to talk to, we had long laundry lists of things to do, Mm -hmm. and they distracted us on purpose. But now we're at home and everything that was there before is now bubbling up to the surface and we can't avoid it. So that makes us even more uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And that is why this is really, as you said, this is an opportunity for us. We have the time. We have the opportunity. The universe, the world, however you want to call it, is giving us an opportunity to do a deep dive and propel ourselves into another level of evolution as as men, as women, as parents, with our children, in all of our relationships, especially with our immediate family, because those are the people we see the most right now. Sure. And so are we going to take that opportunity or not? Mm-hmm. I'm curious because... Um, I don't have young children right now, and I'm pretty much alone um, in my um, quarantining. Uh, but mm-hmm. I was thinking that with the extra time, are you able to do fun things like um, playing games together or uh, doing activities that maybe in the past, you know, just didn't happen? Um, I'm just wondering if, because I think in terms of my understanding, especially of young boys, is to just directly go into a difficult subject. They're like let me out of here but if you're (laughs) fishing or um you know riding a bike together or uh, Mm -hmm. hiking or something like that the the natural conversation can come up just out of um, the environment that you're in and it doesn't have to feel like an attack it just can come into and maybe you know that person feels comfortable to say you know dad or you know mom i've been thinking about Mm -hmm. this Yeah, that's a really good point because you're right. Oftentimes when we want to have a difficult conversation, and I have to say in my house, it's easier for me to talk with my boys than with my daughter. She's the one who doesn't want to have difficult conversations. Hmm. So sometimes it's actually the girls who are more (laughs) challenging in that regard. Mm -hmm. But the key here is really connection. This is what we need to work on in order to open up lines of communication where the children will come to us. And again, we have to trust, we have to have some faith that, we, that they will come. We have to have faith that they will come. So we can work during this time that we're in quarantine and during the time that we have together. Let's focus not on all the things that they need to improve upon, like, all, there's all this stuff I'm seeing my child doing that is not okay, that I don't like, that I want to correct. Mm-hmm. Hold that thought for a minute. Work on connecting authentically with your child. Work on creating a safe space where your child feels comfortable coming to you, being vulnerable with you, having difficult conversations with you. And again, like you said, it's not going to happen overnight, but we have the time. And this is an investment in your relationship with your child that will pay dividends for the rest of your life. Exactly. So can this, however long we have in, in, to deal with COVID and however long we have in this kind of bizarre limbo place that we're at, can we use this time to set ourselves up for a different paradigm in our relationship with our children for the rest of our lives? Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what a how often time that could be. Amazing. I'm wondering how often too that when they do come to us, do we pick up on it? Oh, this is the moment I've been waiting for. Yeah. Or is it feel like you know I'm making dinner, I'm washing clothes. Yeah. Can we do this some other I'm time? Busy. Yeah. Yes. That that's a very that's a, I love that you brought that up because 
part of being a conscious parent is attuning, acutely attuning to your child and picking up on these little things. Because if we want to be conscious in a relationship, it can't just go on our timing or our agenda. You know, right now is a good time for me to have this very difficult conversation with you. But if you're not ready to open up right now, it's not going to happen. I have to be ready when you are ready. So if my child comes to me and I know this is the worst time for me right now, I'm exhausted. I've just come home from a 12-hour shift where I've been extremely stressed. Everyone in my environment is stressed. I, you know, I, I'm going to blow a gasket and now my mm-hmm. child comes to me mm-hmm. and I have to dig really deep in order to find the, the energy and to find the presence to have a conversation with my child when my child needs it. So what do I need to do as a parent so that I can shift gears like that in the moment, even though it's hard for mm-hmm. me, what do I need to do? How do I need to take care of myself? so that I can do that in that moment. Hmm. And this is something I learned when my child, when my daughter was two and three, her bedtime was 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. And 7 p.m., I, I felt a little bit like, those days I felt a little bit like Cinderella. When <laughs> 7 p.m. came around, yes. I had to shut the I had to turn the lights off in the, everybody's room, tuck everyone in bed, close the doors, and then it was like I turned into a pumpkin. I could Oof. not parent anymore. That's it. 701, mm-hmm. I was toast. Yep. And my daughter, being my greatest teacher, that <laughs> is right at 701 is when she needed me the most. Right mm-hmm. at 701 mm-hmm. is when she decided this is a good time for us to connect. And that's when she would open up to me and she would tell me about all the things she wanted to tell me about that happened in the day or all the thoughts mm-hmm. she was having. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, my God, not right now. Can't we do this at 9 a.m.? I'm really at my best <laughs> at 9 a.m. I'll give you everything. I'm 100% present at 9 a.m., but 7.01 is not a good time for me. And what I realized was, that the reason I couldn't handle it at 7.01 is because I didn't take care of myself throughout the day. I didn't recharge my own batteries in a meaningful way so that at 7.01 I still had something left left in my gas tank to give her. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about nurses and healthcare professionals, we've really brought that up to another level, right? They, these people are dedicating and devoting their entire lives to the care of others. They're in constant giving mode. Nurses, mm-hmm. especially, they are the empaths of the hospital. Mm-hmm. They are the people who love and nurture the patients all day. And then they come home and they haven't taken any time to nurture themselves. And now mm-hmm. they have to give to the kids, too. So talk about burnout, right? Right. So can I've, we, I've can heard we nurses, learn again? Yeah, go ahead. I, I've heard nurses say that their drive home is their time. That um, yeah. many, many nurses, especially after an exceptionally bad day, um, maybe haven't had a chance to debrief and may go to their car and cry for 20 minutes. Just to, right. you know, right. let that out. And then yeah, um, one nurse was... 
Yeah. And then one nurse was talking about she would bring her favorite music and whatever, mm. you know, uh, really spoke to her, or helped her. So she would listen to that music on the way home and then maybe take another five minutes in the driveway before actually walking into the house um, uh, right. to just, you know, that's the care time. It, it may not be, right. okay, kids, back off. I need an hour. Um, right. You may not be able to do that because they've been needy all day, too, and waiting for that right. Um, right. response. The other question that exactly. comes up for me as you were talking, especially I think about your husband coming home from those 12-hour shifts in the mm-hmm. emergency room, do you find that mm-hmm. children are sometimes trying to protect the parent by not um, dumping on them or maybe not sharing things that they really should be sharing with the parent, but they want to protect them? Does that ever happen? I I think that that absolutely happens, and when that happens, I think we need to examine the dynamic between child and parent, because really Mm -hmm. the child should not be taking care of the parent in that way. Um, So we need to examine, have we been, how have we been creating this type of relationship with our child where our child feels the need to take care of us too? So if we are in it, it's a little bit um, of kind of a victim mode cycle Mm -hmm. that that we can get into as parents when we are so depleted and so burnt out and we need and and we feel helpless. We Mm -hmm. were waiting for somebody to rescue us. And it could be our uh, spouses that we look to. It could be our bosses or our patients at work. And it could also be our children. We look at, we, oftentimes, we, because they're so close to us and it's such an intimate relationship, sometimes we kind of project onto them this desire to be rescued and to be, or yeah. even just to be acknowledged, you know? Mm-hmm. I sacrifice everything. We, you get into this kind of martyr right. mode of thinking, I'm constantly giving to everyone. I'm giving to everyone at work and I'm giving to everyone at home and, and I have nothing left for myself. And, you know, the, the mistake here is that, that we're waiting for someone or something on right. the outside to save us when really right. we are our own saviors. Nobody can, nobody can do it for yourself except for you. Mm-hmm. So take well, some that- accountability for our lives and take back our own power. Mm-hmm. That's been the message for a long, long time. I think about you know movies and songs and books mm-hmm. and all the different things that that has been the message. You know, especially for women. You know, wait for the knight in shining armor who will take care of your yeah. every need. Well, that's not yeah. logical that another person can put put us. Um, ahead of their own needs every single time. Right. We don't put ourselves ahead of our, you know, of, of the exactly. needs that are around us. How can we expect somebody else to do it? Exactly. Exactly. And this is a very important aspect of our own self-care is setting boundaries and mm-hmm. learning how to say, you know what, I need a minute to myself right now. Maybe it's those 15 minutes in the driveway before I walk right. into the house. But I need to set a boundary and take care of myself because nobody else will have that boundary. Mm-hmm. If you don't set that boundary for yourself, nobody will have that boundary for you. Mm-hmm. And also, you're not teaching your children to set boundaries for themselves either. What are they seeing? Right. They're seeing a depleted, 
uh, exasperated parent who can't take care of their own needs, and they don't learn to take care of their needs either when mm-hmm. they grow up. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, there's so much to this, and you know, uh, most of us or many of us are tending to look at this as the worst possible thing that could happen. So back to that perspective kind of thing. If we look at it that mm-hmm. way, we're probably not going to make choices that will help us grow, mm-hmm. maybe in a way that we've yeah. never had an opportunity to grow before. And we're not going to be able to teach our children to do something we don't know how to do. So this yes. is it. This is the 100%. moment. This is our opportunity. Yes, exactly. We have to look at this as the opportunity that it is. And it is a once in a lifetime yeah. opportunity. I mean, I hope it's once in a lifetime, but <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Yeah, I do know. You never know about that. We're actually coming to the end of the show. We're getting fairly close here with a few more, six more minutes or so. Um, is there something you'd really want to get across that maybe we haven't said or maybe you want to emphasize something uh, that that every parent around the world could uh, could use and needs? Yeah, I think really the the maiden takeaway needs to be that we can't change the fact that this virus is here and we can't change that it's turned our world upside down. We mm-hmm. also can't control how other people are behaving under these unusual circumstances. But we can change how we respond to it internally. We can take ownership of our own state of mind and of ourselves. So this, this is really the time to instigate change within ourselves. It's a process. It takes time. But this is the time. And in my humble opinion... Conscious parenting and conscious leadership is the only way to claim ourselves in in a lasting, lifelong lasting way. It's not a short-term fix, but it is the long-term key to our own liberation. Is there a way for... Off of ourselves. Is there a way for parents to tap into this specific type of, of parenting? Um, you mentioned the um, the uh, the sort of the conscious parenting aspect of it. How is there resources? How could they tap into this? Well, there are um, of course resources, free resources online that um, anyone can look up. But I would also recommend looking into a conscious parenting or conscious leadership coach in mm-hmm. your area of the world. And, uh, of course, I, um, I am also o- open to working with one-on-one clients, or I also sometimes work in groups of mm-hmm. parents who want to support one another or groups of healthcare professionals who want to support one another because they have a slightly unique, um, you know, a, a unique challenge during mm-hmm. this time. So I, well, I would be more than what's happy the best to. Way for them, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you, Rachel? You know, my, I would say my email is probably the best way, um, which is info, I-N-F-O, at sagacitylab.com. Um, and, you know, Do you I, want to spell I'm sagacity, more than, too? Sure. It's S as in Sam, A-G-A-C-I-T as in Tom, Y, L-A-B, like laboratory, sagacitylab.com. And if they mention that they came 
through um, through this show and after listening to our talk, I will give a complimentary 50-minute session. Wow. That's great. Wonderful. That would be a, just really a, a big help for an awful lot of people. So that's, that's truly wonderful. Uh, thank you for offering that. And um, so other people around the world then uh, could just go like Google. Can they go Google um, Conscious Parenting? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. You can Google Conscious Parenting. You can Google Conscious Parenting Coach. Um, okay. You can go to... Um, there are, are a lot of um, resources online that are free that will Great. ultimately lead you to a, a coach in your area. Wonderful. Well, I'm going to close us out here. Um, this has been just a wonderful conversation, and I know we could have gone on for another hour, but mm-hmm. um, we're going to need to end here. So um, I do want to thank you ever so much for coming on and for your the wisdom that you brought with you and for giving us some hope, you know, some a positive place that there is some action we can take. We don't have to be inundated here. So um, I have been watching, uh, there's a a free, the Omega Center has been having conversations every week uh, on Thursdays, and uh, anybody can just contact the Omega Center, uh, I think, .org, and find out about, you know, how to be able to listen. Um, So last week, I heard uh, Jennifer Cohen Harper speak, and she, uh, she also has her own YouTube channel, but... Um, she, you actually covered a lot of what she said, but the one thing that uh, really impacted me, and I want to put an exclamation point on it here, is that uh, she encouraged parents to create a more compassionate relationship with their own stress. And it reminds mm. me that children do what they see us do more than what we tell yeah. them. So yeah. telling telling them it's okay to cry or be mad or hurt, but never letting them see us work through it uh, sends the opposite message in the real learning of life skills. So we really need to be able to, if we can demonstrate all our emotions to them in a way that helps them to see they're very important to human beings, that they and we and they can learn to express them in a healthy way towards ourselves and the others around us, and that teaching them to gradually learn these skills will stay with them for their entire lives. And, and you mentioned that also. So, um, right, this has, and, and this relates back to that trust. Yeah. So this has been Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And our title here has been Parenting Under the World and National Stress. And my guest has been Rachel Duffy. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Thank you so much, for um, Rachel, for being here. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.